What's up and welcome to Dungeon Driver. I'm your host, Trevor Bettis, and this is a show where I drive to or from work and talk about Dungeons and Dragons using either a topic that I bring or a question, topic, or suggestion written in by listeners like you. Hey, how's it going? Um, Quick car wash. Uh, I'm going to change up the schedule again. Uh, I know, I've done it twice. It's the second time I've done it, but here's the thing. This show is only a month and a half old, <laughs> despite there being almost 30 episodes. Uh, so we're, we're, we're going to switch up again. I'm, I still want to do four shows a week because they are smaller size shows, but I'm not going to be recording on the way to work anymore. I'm only going to be recording on the way home from work. Uh, one, because that's a better time for me to record it because I found that my drive home is a lot longer or just enough longer that it uh get creates a better length episode but also it's the freaking morning and i've only been up for maybe 30 minutes and <laughs> i don't i don't feel like i am putting out the best content in the morning that i could be so i'm going to change it now to uh monday tuesdays thursdays and fridays i'm going to take wednesday off and I will record them on my way home or, you know, on my way to do stuff. We'll do the little break thing and uh, it'll be fine. So, um, yeah, it's uh, shows are only going to be in the afternoon now. Uh, they'll still go up around four o'clock. Um, but we're going to do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and see how that works out for the time being. Uh, because I want to give you guys the show um, that you should, you deserve to listen to, not me, you know, struggling in the morning. The the uh, episode before this one, I even said was rough, and that, that was just me being like, I didn't have all my thoughts together and everything. I left it up because I do feel like I there are some good pieces of advice in there, but instead of re-recording it, I'm going to leave it up there, and what I'll probably do is just do a part two of it to get a better string of thoughts out there. But uh, that is not the topic for today. Today's topic is similar, but uh, just enough different. Uh, today's topic is going to be the boss fight. So this isn't just AI, this is the actual encounter. And I went into a little bit of this during the encounter episode, uh, but uh, I, I wanted to give more depth to it. So I guess this is kind of sequel to two shows. I don't know. I found that interesting. Maybe you'll find that interesting. So let's talk about boss fights. But before that, and just like before a boss fight, we should talk about the lead-up to the boss fight, because that is almost as important as the fight itself, especially if you got a big bad. Um, but this, I, I should say, the big bad, you should definitely have led up and done a lot of prep for this, and your players should be pumped and ready to go to it. But even if it's just a boss for a dungeon, there are things that you can do to foreshadow this, uh, what, what they're going to be coming up against. So you can do it where like you come into one room or they come into one room and there's some other type of monster that's dead in there. And you can pick one of the attacks that that boss has. And that's very obviously what killed that creature. And it can be some kind of big creature that they're like, Oh geez, he just murdered this thing. What that, that's, that's going to be a tough fight. Um, and you can also do it through like rumors 
uh, from wherever they got the quest or heard about this thing to go kill it. Uh, you can do it even by the like the henchmen uh, talking about like how scared they are of it. Like if they're trying to interrogate someone, uh, like tell us where he is or something. Like that. Like, I'd rather die than tell you anything. That you know, it's cliche, but it does tell you a lot. It's like, no, I I'm so scared of this person that even death isn't a good threat to me. And so you can find your own way to convey that without the, you know, the old cliche, I'd rather die than tell you anything. Sorry for that voice. I regret that voice already. Uh, anywho, um, I, I do think the showing the battle wounds of them is a really handy thing to do. I talked about uh, in the Star Wars game where there was a lightsaber slash in, uh, in a hangar bay and everyone at that table was like, oh, fuck. Um, so just doing something like that to set it up, to let them know what's going to go on, because yes, when they get into the room and you have some kind of big, nasty, bad guy, it is surprising, but, uh, it's, if you have set it up already, they're already in that state. And so they're going to be even more like, Oh God. Uh, so definitely do foreshadowing, even if it is just a dungeon boss, if it is a big, bad guy. You've been doing it for, uh, you should have been doing it the whole campaign, having them show up. Because that's the other good thing about Big Bad Guy. You can have them show up. Uh, if you're running Curse of Strahd, your play, I really hope your players have seen Strahd before they get to Ravenloft. Because it's great. I've, I've had Strahd pop up in the second game, and my players looked like they were going to shit themselves. And it was really fun. Uh, that's terrible. Anywho, uh, let's see. Okay, another thing to think about is the actual fight itself, how long it's going to take. If you just put in one boss and there are four adventurers, your boss is going to get a lot of attacks thrown at them very quickly and probably won't last that many rounds. And you have to consider, if your boss is only getting one attack per round, and then you're only attacking one person, it's not that threatening. So two, there are two options that you have here that I came up with while I was at work. There's probably more, but here's two that I'm going to throw out at you. Have more than just the boss in the room. It seems pretty obvious, but not a lot of people think of it, including myself. I'll never forget the boss fight of a Hydra that didn't even get its own turn. Um throw minions, you know, something in there that is another problem for them. Uh, and it will, like I was talking about in, in the last episode with splitting people up and, you know, uh, having the, the monster AI not all attack one person, if everyone's got a problem and a big bad guy, it, there is panic at that table and I guarantee it. So think about throwing in other stuff, but don't do like, you know, don't throw stuff that may as well be a mini boss in there as well. Uh, unless it's just one other thing you, for my dark souls, people out there, you've got an Ornstein and smile situation. That should be good enough. Um, if you don't know what Ornstein and smile is, you should look at that fight. It's real cool. I'm still trying to beat on switch. It's really annoying. Uh, so think about throwing in minions and hunchmen and stuff like that. Hunchmen, henchmen. Uh, and I, you might have, you might get a little more, uh, out of that encounter. Uh, the other option though, if it's, if it doesn't make sense to have more stuff in there, um, you, and I've done this, 
you can have the boss have more than one turn uh, in an encounter. So uh, you could have it that is like, this dude's so powerful, he's got more than one initiative. Um, and it works really well if, it works really well dependent on the boss. Like for Strahd, no, I'm not going to give Strahd two, uh, two initiative uh, counts. Uh, namely because he just murder someone. Count one, uh, uh, fly over, pick someone up. Uh, count two, bite. Like, it's that one would be unfair. So you gotta, you gotta look at the balance of it. Like if I was going to have just kind of, um, uh, the, what shooters call a bullet sponge where like this guy is meant to take a lot of damage, um, and just kind of swing the big club. You can give them to, you can give that character two initiative counts and that will set a little more panic into the table and uh, get them strategizing a little bit more because the normal thing would be just keep hitting it. But if this dude is getting in two hits a turn, especially if he's got some kind of like swiping AOE, then they have to change up their strategy. Um, and speaking of changing up strategy, that's going to lead me into my next one, which is other objectives in the encounter. You don't have to have only the objective of kill the boss. You could have another objective in there. Like uh, maybe there's something in the dungeon that is threatening to blow up and the boss is trying to let it blow up and the players don't want it to. So the challenge is we have to get to that thing and stop it before it blows up, but also before the boss kills us. So... Again, that has changed up the player's strategy of just going in and beating on that dude's face. Uh, that's another good option if you're only going to have one thing in the room. Um, that will keep people moving and it will give more objective. Like, think about it this way. If the boss rushed out, started attacking the tank, then all the, uh, like, the wizard ran over to the bomb thing. I love, I love my technical terms. They're, they're very descriptive. I'm painting this beautiful image for you all that I hope you're all appreciating. Uh, I'm even pointing. You can't see that I'm pointing. Uh, so the, the, the wizard runs over to the bomb thing and starts deactivating it. Well, on the boss's next turn, he's like, screw this. I got to stop him. So he runs over and starts attacking the wizard to stop him from doing that. You've got movement in the encounter. You've got uh, strategies being thrown all over the place. It works. It is a fun situation to do, but it's not the only one that you can do because uh, think about some video game uh, uh, boss encounters. Like you could even go with World of Warcraft, the way the raid encounters work, where there's uh, almost a puzzle to how to defeat the boss. For these ones, I will say the normal health mechanics of a boss don't always work if you're doing it. Like let's say that you're doing it in a way where there are things in the room that are making the boss uh, uh, immune to all attacks. This is kind of like a, a standard video game trope. Let, let's say that there is something in there that's stopping them from doing that. Um, then when they successfully hit one of those things and then they run over and hit the dude, but then the thing comes back up to you know heal him or you know protect him, doing damage counts doing a health, uh, or sorry, doing HP can make that really run the, run out the clock in real life. So what you could do in that situation is instead of doing it by damage, 
you could still be asking for the damage because it always feels good for players roll damage, no matter what. Even if they're going to just absolutely eviscerate the one health thing, I let them roll damage and tell me what it is. Uh, but instead of actually subtracting that from one big HP, you could just do hits. So it'd be like, all right, this dude is, uh, if he takes six hits, then he's dead. And that will kind of minimize it. And you've already got, but the thing is though about that is like, you've already got the players interested because they're running over here and then they got to run to the boss and then they're got to stop the boss from attacking that dude. And so there's a lot of hectic things going on. Uh, so doing it down to a uh, amount of hits instead of damage will make it flow a bit easier. Because one thing that I will say about boss fights that I don't even have down in my notes, they shouldn't last forever. Yes, this is the climax of you know either your dungeon or your story or quest. It shouldn't last an entire session unless you know you know it's the world ending thing or something like that. But if it's just, all right, we run over, we hit it. Okay, he's still alive. Next round. We run over, we hit it. Next round. If it's just that over and over again, by you know the hour and a half mark, your players are going to be on their phones. They're going to be looking for new snacks. They're going to be talking amongst themselves. If you can keep them interested um, and you can, and they can get through the encounter, and obviously, you know, it's still deadly. That the that should go without saying boss encounter should be deadly. Um, you're going to have them more invested and there's going to be more moments. They remember if it is on a quicker time clock, because I know for a fact, from my own experience as a player, boss fights that take like two to three hours. I don't remember anything that happened in it except for how it ended. I don't remember any of the cool stuff that anybody did because it either took forever to get there or it failed and everyone went, oh, whatever, well, next round. So keep in mind the pacing of a boss encounter. Now, real quick, I'm going to talk about uh, about the AI of a boss, uh, which does feed into the last episode. Um, bosses are the except, are, okay, let me reword this. Bosses are the exception to most of the advice I gave on the last episode. Uh, they can know things that you do. They can know more than your average uh, bad guy. And they, and depending on the type, like again, Strahd, they should. However, if your bad guy knows what their, what kind of weapons they have, what kind of armor they have, what kind of spells they have, what kind of abilities they have, this should be foreshadowed. You should have somehow conveyed to the players that this bad guy is keeping an eye on them, that he is interested in them, he, she, whatever, that someone, that this person is interested in them and is scoping them out and putting together a battle strategy. If your players just go in expecting that to be a normal fight and all of a sudden this dude has everything that counters them, and it shouldn't be everything, they should have a weak spot, but if they have enough that they catch on to the fact that this bad guy knows a lot about them. If it just comes out of the blue, it feels like a deus ex machina. It feels like you gamed the system and it feels like you're cheating. So if you can let them know that, Hey, this is going to be a tough fight. Cause he knows a lot about you. Um, not only was it going to let your players prep more for it and it's cool to see them prep for it, but it's going to feel more fair during the fight. 
Um, another, uh, <laughs> oh, here, one quick piece of advice. Do something that inconveniences them, but does not incapacitate them. Obviously, with the exception of unconsciousness and death. Don't do something where it's just like, all right, you're frozen. Uh, all right, you can't cast spells. Uh, I've destroyed your weapon. Doing that, it, it, yes, I understand that there are bad guys that can do that, and that is how they roll, but you have to remember that you're also, you're all there to have fun and doing something like that is removing that player's fun. Especially like if you have someone, if you have a wizard who's super attached to their, like their arcane focus, it's the way they cast spells. If you destroy that, you take away not only a character thing, which can be interesting, but not during a fight where everyone else is doing stuff. uh, But you've also removed their ability to really do anything in combat. And you have to keep that in mind. You have to remember that your players need to be able to do stuff in combat. If they have some kind of ability that will still let them do stuff, okay. But inconvenience them. Make it so that they have a disadvantage on their roles or something like that. But don't take away something from them completely. Obviously, if they die, you're taking away their character's life. But you know what I mean. Uh, That wasn't quick at all. Uh... Scare your players with fa- failed spell saves. Uh, th- this is a, a fun one that I did with uh, with Strahd where, um, like, I saw he had polymorph. I wasn't, <laughs> I was just like, hey, uh, make a roll. All right, uh, he didn't polymorph you. It, if you tell them that, because you don't have to tell them the spell, obviously, is that. But if you tell them that, like, even though it's a little bit of metagaming, they're like, oh, my God. It's a lot better than just like, ah, you passed. Because there's no tension in that. It is a little bit of metagaming there, and it's a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, showing your hand. But it's fun to see their reactions. So consider doing that. Um, Oh, okay. This is my last piece of advice because this is a longer episode. I've been sitting in front of my house for a couple minutes. Um, Don't forget that the boss has their own motivations. Uh, They, like, in that bomb, uh, bomb one, the boss's motivation was to let that thing explode. So they would keep moving to try and do that. If you give a boss a motivation in a room besides just surviving, there will be more interesting situations and there will be strategies. There, there will be the opportunity for strategies for your players to make up. And again, watching players come up with that sort of stuff is freaking awesome. Okay, I have talked that to death. My voice hurts. I really want to get inside and play The Division 2. Huh. Um, so I'm going to do this wrap up real quick. Please subscribe on any podcast service that you might be listening to. Uh, follow me on Twitter at dungeon driver on Instagram at dungeon driver podcast, where you can see me playing, uh, idle champions way too much, uh, right in with questions, topic, or suggestions to either Twitter or dungeon driver podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, once again, shows are going to be Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So in other words, what's today? Tuesday. So no show tomorrow, show on Tuesday, show on Friday. Until then, I don't have a sign off.